Hello and welcome to Imperfect Men, yet another Rexypod writing all the founding fathers of the U.S. of A. from Andrew Adams to George With. I am Cody. No, I'm Steven. You had to think about it there for a second. I, I did. <laughs> I'm, who am I? Had a long Cody. day. One day at work. Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah. me too. Uh, episode 13, I think. Sure, we'll yeah. go thirteen. Yeah, this one, whatever the number is on the episode title that you see on your podcast player, that's <laughs> that's the number episode this is. <laughs> and today we are talking about Edward Biddle. 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 Mister Biddle. Like, a, like there's a character <laughs> from Phantom Menace from named Sio Bibble. 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 Uh, that's close. Yeah. Maybe it's based on this guy. Yeah, I, I doubt it. <laughs> He was the guy, like, on Naboo, who's like, communications disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's, no. I don't, like, very yeah. obscure. Yeah. But I know it, because I know Star Wars. Of course you do. It's not Star Wars invasion. podcast. Invasion. Anyway, Edward Biddle. Biddle. Born in 1738 in Philadelphia. Don't know an exact date. Oh, boy. It's going to be one of those guys, uh-huh. huh? Yeah. Yep. His early life is largely unknown. <laughs> oh my God! Oh man, yep. this is already this is already <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, he enlisted in the provincial army in 1754, serving until 1760, mm-hmm. and attaining to the rank of captain. Mm. So you know, he does his time. Mm. Gets and at the time, you know, your reward for serving time was plot of land. So you know, he gets his plot of land. Okay, I think, I think Biddle, he was probably like a bat. He's like a blacksmith, but also during the night he'd go out and be a vigilante, and he would take down people, you know, bad guys for. When they're like a DC, like a one of the DC runs of like, like the heroes, were but like six, like the sixteen hundreds. Yeah, or something. Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah, it was yeah. like the seventeen hundred, or it was like the. Yeah, early 1800s or something yeah, like just that. Like yeah, a, just like a superhero vigilante from back in that time. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's who he is. That's okay. what I'm going with. All right, that's why it's unknown. It's a secret. His, his parents were killed in the back alleyway <laughs> outside of a theater where he just saw a play. Yep. Mm-hmm. There yep. you go. And the assailant had like two pistols because it would take forever to reload <laughs> one. So one for each parent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. All yep. right. See? Uh, he married Elizabeth Ross in June 1761, the sister of George Ross. You know, kind of underline him, because well, he'll be getting an episode. He signed the declaration. Uh, they would go on to have two children. So, much less than uh, our prodigious guy from last time, Carter Braxton, yeah, who like had 18 18, children. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So. Only two. But, uh, Biddle, uh, what do you think he does for a living? Oh, man. Who, what could it be? I, well, he was a vigilante, but he probably had to give that up to be a lawyer. So, like everybody else in this time period, he began practicing law and was admitted <laughs> to the bar in 1767. Yeah, uh, he was elected to the colonial legislature the same year, and would quickly join in with the radical faction. Oh, radical! Yeah, so radical, radical, uh, radical. Chosen as part of Pennsylvania's delegation to the first Continental Congress in September 1774. Uh, where he signed the Continental Association, which is why we're talking about him. Nice. 
He was elected as Speaker of the Pennsylvania Legislature in October of 1774, serving until the end of 1775. Okay. Uh, but his health took a serious decline after a fall mm. in January 1775, and he died on September 5th, 1779, in Chatsworth, Maryland, age 51. 51. Yep, so not not a lot to him. That's it? This that's is all you bio- got? Well, I, I have stuff for the categories. Sure, okay. That's just, just a oh, general man. rundown of his life. Unknown background is like a, one of those wrestlers. It's like, yeah. comes from parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a gorilla and a nurse. <laughs> he was shipwrecked <laughs> in the faraway lands of... Somewhere unknown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like that. Sure. All right. Oh man. So yeah, that that was a quick biography. How many minutes are we into this episode? Seven. Okay. All right. We're yeah. just chugging along well, yeah. here. <laughs> we got seven minutes in, oh, and uh, we're done. Yeah, we're well, done. Well, See you guys next week. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, categories: Perpetual Union. How influential were they on the crafting? Of our founding documents. I'd love to know. He didn't say much, and he just was, he just went. He signed it, so let's see how this goes. He was involved with the committee that drafted okay. the Declaration and Resolves of Congress to the King, which was one of the results of the First Continental Congress. Okay. The Continental Association was a fleshing out of one of those resolves. Okay. So like so- one of these resolves is like, all right, we're gonna have a boycott. And the Continental Association was the details of that boycott. Okay, well, so then he did so, do something. Well, he didn't... He was he, on the committee, right? He was on the committee that drafted those declarations. He didn't really work on the Continental Association itself. Well, this is... Okay, which one? Which category is this? Perpetual Union. This, that's the... That's the one, like, how much influence did he have on the documents? The documents, okay. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So... Right, right. And he oversaw the printing of the acts of the First Continental Congress, which included the association, but it's like, how much did he really, you know, do? Influence, yeah. Maybe something, though. There might have been something, because, I mean, if he was right there with all that, it's possible that he did something back there in the back seats. Yeah, but, I mean, there just isn't, I mean, that, that, that's, that's it. That's all you got. That's all I got. Okay, so I'm giving him, it's out of 10? Yeah, 10, yep. A 1. A 1? Because he was around it. <laughs> that's that's going to be enough for me, oh, for at least a 1. Um, He could have maybe talked to somebody that was part of the committee yeah. and had some influence there. We don't know that for sure. We don't. But I'm going to speculate and give him a 1. I'm going to give him a half a point. Okay. Because that's just, it's like, maybe he did something, but it's just. Yep, that deserves a one for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to give him a half because maybe he did, but it's just, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. So that's a one and a half for Perpetual Union. Not great so mm-hmm. far. Not wonderful. We the people. Mm-hmm. How influential were they outside of the founding documents? A little bit more here. Uh, he saw military service during the French and Indian War, mm. including the capture of Fort Duquesne in September 1758 mm. and Fort Niagara in July 1759, which were important to the uh, 
eventual res- uh, end result of that conflict, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay. Uh, he represented the radical faction in Pennsylvania, those more in favor of independence. Oh, the radical faction faction was more in favor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The more okay. conservative factions were like, we don't really want wants to change. Yeah, we maybe uh-huh. like want some of our grievances addressed. Okay. But we still want to, you know, remain part of the British Empire. The more radicals were like, no, independence. We need to- like, huh? like Samuel Adams and all that. Yeah, like he would be a radical. John Adams would be a radical. Like, yeah, like, like these are the radical. Yeah, yeah. People. Um, uh, as I mentioned, he served in Pennsylvania's legislature for 13 years, including a little over years as speaker. Uh, he replaced Joseph Galloway, another son of the Continental Association, who we will have a very interesting episode about. Ooh. When we when we get to him, it'll be a little while. <laughs> it'll be a but, few years from now, but yeah, we'll get there. Probably not that far off. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like very interesting. So just, yeah, maybe, maybe a uh, dog ear that page there. Yeah. Uh, he was elected the first and second continental congresses, but he left the second one pretty much after, just right after it started because his health was like seriously declining at this point. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he signed the olive branch petition in July, 1775. Okay. And that was kind of a last ditch attempt to make peace with Britain. Because the war had started by this point. Okay. It's like, you know, hey, you know, we, a group of people were like, hey, you know, maybe we could still find a peaceful way out of this, yada, yada. The king didn't even look at it. Oh, okay. He didn't bother. So like, he was, so he was in the radical party, but he also wanted, he signed this document. Yeah, but maybe he also didn't want bloodshed. Eh, maybe. He was in the war. He saw what it, what it was exactly, like. Exactly. So more at this time, I mean, was it ever really civilized but certainly not at this time uh and his last act last act of service was committee work uh regarding the abolition of slavery in pennsylvania that's good yeah so like that yeah it didn't go through in his lifetime but he kind of was on the committee that kind of started discussing it okay so that's good that's uh that's his uh with the people so that's not bad yeah some good stuff there yeah so we want to give him i'm gonna give him a five five uh, I'm a four. So, um, yeah, some solid stuff there, but just nothing really pops. No, yeah, nothing that's yeah. like, oh man, that that changed how we do things, or you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, some he he did good. He did that, good things. That that'll do, but that'll do. <laughs> uh, so four to five. That is a nine for we the people. Now. Articles of impeachment. Ooh. And how scandalous were Ooh, they? Scandalous. Now, last week, way to way to heavyweight, heavyweight yeah, champion he, there. He was pretty scandalous. I got nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. There's no there was scandal. No scandals? I couldn't. Like I could barely find just information about this guy, let alone oh, wow. anything scandalous. Dang. Okay. Well, that's a so, zero then, I guess. Uh, yeah. That, that's gonna have to be a. Zero and a zero. He's a very, uh, he's a very um, yeah. mysterious fellow. Oh yeah. Now your favorite category: the whites of their eyes. What oh, they please, look like? Please tell me there's a picture. There's not, is there? Because he's way too obscure. There's not. Dang it! No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, this is uh, this is very. I hate when there's no picture. Very disappointing. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, I know that's your favorite, but zero. Uh, yeah. Like I trust me. I looked. I looked hard. Like this guy's barely in any books. I can only find like three web pages with him in it, like mentioned. Jeez, man! Like, 
you can Google Edward Biddle and it comes up with like a whole bunch of like you know other people named Edward Biddle. Um, Not him. <laughs> there's one that looked. I'm like, oh, maybe this is a thing. No, it's from 1834. I'm like, God, mm. it's another Edward Biddle. Different Biddle. Yeah. Not our Biddle. Because like he had some like nephews that kind of did some stuff. Okay. Like his nephew was in Congress, and he had another nephew who was like president of the Bank of the United <laughs> States or something. Well, so. That's crazy. Because you'd think there would be something then. Because think, I mean, if he had other family members that went on to do things in Congress, and he was and the stuff. speaker of the Pennsylvania House. Yeah, you think they'd have a portrait a of portrait. him or something? Anything? Nothing. Nothing. God, what is going on? Yeah. So that's a. It's got to be a zero for the whites of their eyes. Well, I'm sorry, Steve. Maybe we just need to go to the Pennsylvania. Um, whatever. Maybe we should just like draw the guy ourselves. I know. <laughs> no. yeah, that, that would be well, there's boring. no description of me, so how would we... Well, it probably just looked like all the other white guys back then. <laughs> yeah, so. probably, yeah. Uh, bonus. One. Because he signed the Continental Association and mm. nothing else. Nice. Maybe if he'd stuck around for the Second Continental Congress, he'd sign the Declaration, but... Nope. So that is a total of 11.5. Holy crap. That That's is our, low. That is our second lowest. Oh, man. Because remember... Our lowest. Seven. The old Andy. Yep. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, you. Yeah. You guy. Man, his is rough. His was really rough. It was. I mean. Well, this guy's. I don't. I mean. This guy's not much better. He wouldn't have got it. He, he wouldn't have got hardly. He would have got really low, too, if he didn't have some kind of that per, per, perpetual reunion thing. The points for that. That's where he got his points. Or we the people, you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah we the people. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That yeah. that category, we uh, we uh, we gave him some because of you know, being in the abolishing slavery and all that, being for that. Yeah, so it's just like yeah, there's just I'm I'm looking at the categories here. It's like Andy got zero six zero and zero. This guy got one point five nine zero and zero. Jeez. Yeah. It hurts when they don't have a picture, man. It does because because I mean that takes out at least I mean that's a you know, ten point category, they could theoretically get you know, they could what? be like the, uh, a handsome devil and get all ten <laughs> points. Is it? I thought that was only five. It's five for each of us, so it's a total oh, of ten. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. I mean, that would have put him up at twenty one point five, which would have uh, put him ahead of a couple other people. But nope, no picture he, right now. He's he's uh four and a half points ahead of Andy, and half a point behind Tommy Tommy Adams. Oh wow! So. That's the that's the depths we're at right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll we'll uh, swim out of these depths here soon. Yeah. So. But that's uh, I mean, points aren't everything. Mm-hmm. Got to ask the question. I mean, they kind of are. <laughs> They're important, but not at, but not solely important to the, our our question at the very end here. Uh. Is Edward Biddle a founding father? Our floundering father. <laughs> you. A floundering. Yeah, I mean, it's got a bit. It's all I got for this guy. Um, sources. As usual, the biographical director of the U.S. Congress. Um, he had an article from the Historical Society of Pennsylvania. Edward Biddle, a forgotten patriot and member of the First Continental Congress of Philadelphia from... 2014 by Daniel Rolfe. They ain't kidding. He was forgotten. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, they have a list of 
speakers on their website, and they had a little article on them. And that's it. And, of course, Jeez. our general pinned uh, tweet for sources. Um, podcast to recommend is... Oh, they say this, and I, I don't think I, I don't think I've practiced saying this. Tudoriferous. 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 Uh, another uh, kind of Rexypod uh, format. The, they go through and talk about various figures from the Tudor era of England. So mm. like Henry VIII's era. Sure. Elizabeth I, Mary I. So that that time in history. So Cool. Uh, pretty good. So <laughs> go check them out. This is kind of a shorter episode. So as I tend to do during our shorter episodes, I kind of elaborate on something else. Uh, typically it's just been like, you know, about the various documents. We've kind of had a little explainer on the Continental Association already. So mm-hmm. I figured I'd talk about something that was mentioned during this episode and will come up for quite a few of our uh, subjects here. French and Indian War. Ah. Because it's very much like a... You kind of need to know a little bit about that if you want to know about the revolutionary period. Okay. Um, so, in the mid-18th century, so this is about 20 years before the revolution, France controlled what is present-day eastern Canada and the central United States. Okay. West of the Mississippi River. While Britain controlled much of northern Canada and the the United States east of the Mississippi. And they both competed around the area around the Great Lakes, including our home state of Ohio. Mm. Uh, There wasn't much colonization effort from the French side. By this time, they only had about 60,000 settlers in its North American territories, whereas Britain had about 2 million. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't really a massive uh, colonial or colonization effort by the French, as there was with the English. Okay. Um, mostly because uh, a lot of a big factor in it is the fact that uh, for a lot of the mid 17th century, England was kind of in chaos, had a bunch of civil wars going on, mm. whereas France around that time was, you know, stable. This is like t- the time of like Louis the Fourteenth, you know, the Sun King, who <laughs> ruled for like seventy years oh, and geez. was like very absolute control. So it's like very stable. Okay. So, uh, so you just have a greater colonization effort on behalf of the English. Uh, both uh, powers would try to kind of enlist the support of Native American tribes, mm-hmm. uh, and they're kind of using them as pawns against each other. Of course. Uh, so, but the war itself began on May twenty eighth, seventeen fifty four, when forty uh, Canadians, or the French colonists as they were called, were ambushed at a place called Jubinville Glen in present-day Fayette County, Pennsylvania, by a force of 52 militia and Native Americans, led by a 22-year-old major named George Washington. Oh, Washington, huh? Yeah, who uh, I think is going to get an episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Washington would later be defeated and forced to withdraw back to Virginia after the Battle of Fort Necessity in July 1754. Hmm, I wonder if they built that fort out of... Necessity. They did. <laughs> uh, word reached Britain and France of the outbreak of the conflict in August, and both sides dispatched reinforcements early in 1755. Uh, an expedition into Ohio country by Major General Edward Braddock ended in disaster in June 1755, with Braddock and over 1,000 of his 2,100-man force being either killed or wounded. Dang. That's, so uh, wow. Washington accompanied him. 
but Washington as Washington might be one of the luckiest people on earth whenever when it came to battle. Escaped unscathed. Yeah. Of all the battles he was in, George Washington never got even injured. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, There's plenty I, of stories of like him finding like bullet holes like through like his hat or like his uh cape jacket or something. Yeah. But like yeah. Never yeah, I know that's that it was really weird. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of them too. There's a lot yeah. of stories of him like being on a battlefield and like being surrounded and getting shot at and like just never gets never. hit somehow. Yeah. It, and he was big. He was like yeah, he was six like two six or something. Four. Six four? I don't remember off. Uh, six two, yeah, six yeah, four. He's he a big, big dude. Like he yeah. was a big target and they were nobody could hit him. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um so yeah, that fails. Uh, in May 1756, war was formally declared between Britain and France, expanding the conflict into the Seven Years' War, which would become a global conflict. Because mm. like this time, they all have like Britain and France. They have outposts throughout the world. They have several in India. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, have some in Africa, mm-hmm. um, North America, of course, would be a major battleground. Of course, Europe they would fight, and it drags in other European countries. And sometimes you'll hear this referred to as like World War Zero. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it sounds like it. Well, it's a world war, so... Yeah, so... Weird. Uh, the French would win several victories in 1756 and 57, including a major win at, at Force Oswego, Fort Oswego in August 1756, uh, striking into New York. So they're invading New York now. Uh, however, the British would uh, begin to turn the tide in 1758 through superior numbers uh, and supplies, uh, with victories at Fort Duquesne and Louisbourg... Uh, these victories left Britain in control of Ohio country and Nova Scotia, respectively. Oh, so Ohio they've country. they've taken the what is you know the modern day Midwest. Hmm. Uh, they've taken Nova Scotia off you know in Canada. Hmm. Uh, and in 1759, British-led forces captured Fort Niagara and Fort Ticonderoga, expelling the French from New York. In September of that year, the British decisively defeated the French. At the Battle of the Plains of Abraham, outside Quebec City, <laughs> that is a hell of a name. It is for for the a name Plains for a, of Abraham. A name for a battle. Yeah, that's, that's sounds like biblical. Yeah. <laughs> um, the French surrendered their last major major fortification, Montreal, in September 1760. The war ended on February 10, 1763, with France ceding almost all of their Canadian holdings to Britain. Uh, and Louisiana to Spain. That's so right. France basically has nothing left on the North American continent at this point. Man, how'd they get Quebec back? They don't. They just stayed no, no, French yeah, there? It, it's British from now on. Oh, why, oh, why do they speak French there then? Well, because like, that's where like most of the French colonists were concentrated, was in Quebec. Oh. But like, you know, it's still ruled by Britain. That's so know, weird. Until, until Canadian independence. That is so yeah. weird but, because I mean, you have a to... bunch of like settlers and colon, you know, colonists there that speak a completely different language than you, yep. but they're your subjects because yep. you own the land. Yep, that's that's crazy. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's it weird still to me. Have, yeah, Quebec is still you know a large amount of French speakers. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, it's a, I think it's the first language there, isn't it? Or is it uh, the second? I, I language? think it's like on par with English. Is it okay? So, um. And there was actually a large population of uh, French-speaking Canadians in Nova Scotia mm. that, the, uh, that was called Arcadia. Mm. And they were called Arcadians, and the British expelled them. Ooh. A lot of them went to New Orleans, thinking mm. it was still controlled by the French, oh, but no, it's, wow, but no okay. it's controlled by the Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Arcadian would 
eventually just it dropped into Cadian. Yeah. Which would eventually turn into Cajun. Whoa. Yep. That's where Creole comes from, huh? Because uh, it's a whole different dialect, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. It, it's definitely influenced by other factors as well. Yeah. Like, uh, like a, it's an interesting yeah, language. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of the root of the word Cajun. The, wow, look at that. Look at, you learn all kinds of stuff on yeah. here, listeners. And the only bit that France uh, didn't, like they still had their Caribbean holdings, like they're at, like, still had Haiti at this point. The But uh, they did uh, keep one little bit of their North American empire that they still hold to this day. It's this, this little pair of islands off the coast of Canada called St. Pierre and Miquelon. Mm, okay. Just, that's the, just like out of this whole vast swath of land they controlled, it's tiny little islands. That's all they have so, left. So. But it's weird that like, they still have that. Yeah, so, yeah, that is, yeah. Yeah. Aren't so, they still, like, like, some kind of, like, protectorate or something of Canada? Because they still have, like, don't they still have, like, the queen or, I guess, the king on their money and stuff in Canada? Yeah, it, like, Canada is its own independent country, but they just have the same monarch as the as the UK. Okay, that's confusing. It is. <laughs> it so is. it's, like... They're independent, but they're not independent because it, they yeah. they're still under the rule of a monarch. Yeah, it's it's weird. But. That is weird. That's why I was like, because they have this the money, like their money is has what it is. I guess it is a different currency. It's not pounds. So. Yeah, it's Canadian dollar. I guess Canadian dollar, but, but they still have like the queen and whatever on there. So it's like, yeah, it's weird. That's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Um, while obtaining victory over the French, the war left Britain in dire financial straits. The national debt more than doubled. Ooh. Well, war's expensive. Yeah, it is. Uh, since the war was fought in North America, for, for, or a large portion of it, Parliament decided that their North American colonists should pay for it. Wow. This was the reason behind the introduction of many of the taxes that Parliament imposed on the colonies. Dang, so, so that's like, important. Stamp Act, yep. Tea Act. Yep. The big ones that everybody like, come on now. Yeah, they need to cut it like, out. Yep. Uh, and of course, many Native American tribes were left devastated by the war. Of course. And now lacked a strong ally to counterbalance the tide of British colonists moving westward. Oh, wow. Because now it's like the Native Americans can't play the French and the British off one another. Right. Because now it's just, you just have to deal with like, the British are the only ones you can deal with now. Right, yeah. Um, Which is, that's a problem. Yeah, and in 1763, the king, King George III, tried to, like, kind of stem, like, kind of, like, stem this problem. Mm-hmm. He issued the proclamation of 1763. Basically, it forbade a settlement west of the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. To kind of be like, okay, Native Americans here, you can just, you can be over here, and our colonists will be over here, and everything will be fine. Sure. That's not the way it goes, yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, it didn't work. So. Nope. So yeah, that's uh, just a little little blurb about the French and Indian War. Oh, nice little blurb. So you get kind of get like kind of a bit of the source of, um, or some of the seeds of what would be the revolution later on. Yep. Uh, or at least some reasoning behind what would happen. And there's plenty of people from that revolutionary generation who also were involved in this war, like George Washington. Yeah. He basically was. He basically started it. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but like Edward Biddle, you know, he fought in it, and we'll we'll have some more people who were involved in it come up. So I just figured, you know, 
Yeah. Little little something about it. I'll say that that um thing about, you know, where Cajun came from. That's interesting. Yeah. That was an interesting little tidbit. I didn't I didn't expect it. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those weird little things. Like, oh, that's where it's from. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's all you got for you know Edward Biddle and the French and Indian War. Dang. So, next time, uh, we'll talk about a guy who I, I know we mentioned him at some point in a previous episode. I don't remember where exactly, but uh, John Blair Jr. John Blair Jr. From Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. Yep. Uh, a oh, signer Virginia. of the Constitution. So we'll Uh-oh. get back to the good old Constitution. So. Oh, boy. That's it. Farewell. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, and be sure to check out my uh, other project, The Drunken Pawn. We're on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my other project, We Effed Up. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and all the podcast players you found this on. And also be sure to follow our podcast on Twitter, at ImperfectMenPod. All right, we'll see you guys next time on Imperfect Men. Imperfect Men.